following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the game of basketball, stars are made. But how do they get to that point? How has the game changed them? And what are they doing today? Welcome to Rebound Radio with your host, Matt Fish of Rebound Magazine. Each week, Matt goes one-on-one with some of the legends of basketball, finds out their inside story, and uncovers stories you've got to hear to believe. Now, here's Matt Fish and Alex Clancy. Hi, everybody. Uh, Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio. Yeah. Rebound Radio, 888-346-9144. Follow Matthew Edward, never late for the dinner bell fish on Twitter at Rebound Talk. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. That's right. uh, for those of you that haven't listened before, Rebound Radio is foundationalized upon the, the lives of former NBA athletes. Uh, go to voiceamerica.tv, click on the Rebound logo in the middle of the homepage, and you'll see a lot of videos from former NBA players that we've um, that we've interviewed over the last year. I think it's mm-hmm. officially it's officially a year today. Oh, is it today? Since our first show. What? Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Facebook. That was it's officially it reminded me today. So, Maddie, it's it's flown by. It uh, has. This was put together, it's been put together over the past few years. You kind of had, this is Rebound Radio Part, like, 3, yeah. 3.0. Oh, I've been busy at it. I, we, we've we've got, gathered a heck of a lot of good conversations, good content over the years, and we continue to do so right here at Rebound Radio. Yeah. Yeah, what he said. I mean, that's exactly how it was. And Matt and I met uh, 375 days ago, I think, <laughs> and... Um, Put this version together, and we've had a lot of great uh, former athletes on, a lot of um, mm-hmm. great content, whether it be NBA when we were in our slow season, just uh, gearing up, and you know we kind of talk about everything. Today we have a very special guest, Ken Gardner, uh, not a household name. Uh, a lot of the people that we talk about or talk to aren't, you know, weren't superstars in the NBA, and that's kind of where the NBRPA eats. It's uh, he he played for Utah, mm-hmm. uh, University of Utah, the Utes. Uh, made most of his uh, money and fame overseas in France, yeah, he did. in Nice, and, and, and in another league. Uh, what he's most well known for in the circle is that he had a heart transplant. We um, get a little feedback. He had a, a heart transplant. What at the age of sixty or something? It wasn't. Two, it was two thousand fourteen. Right. So that was three years ago. Forty six. He was born in forty six. So uh, when he was sixty. And uh, or sixty three, whatever it was, and um, he can fill in all that. <laughs> yeah, and, and so that was little tease, what we call a tease in the industry. Yeah. Oh, so he's going to join us at around three ten, and uh, we're going to talk to him about everything: his playing career, where he grew up, mm-hmm. and how he inevitably uh, had a life changing event due to a younger gentleman who had lost his life. So that'll be a very very interesting interview, and it's not one that we've talked like talked about before. So this is what Rebound Radio is, and. Uh, yeah, welcome. I, I, you know, I think the timing's really good with the heart screening that they just had here in town. And uh, I, too, had to have a 
something looked at in my heart. And just yesterday, I went to the doctor and they did what's called a bubble test. And so they were looking for a hole in my heart. And awkwardly enough, they take these saline and they put it in your arm and they go back and forth and create a bunch of bubbles. As I'm looking at my heart on this little TV monitor, and they push all these bubbles in one side of your heart to see, and it looks kind of like snow on the left side of your heart. It, it, trippy. Yeah. I'm telling you, it was a trip. And we're looking for any of that snow to go on the right side of the heart, and therefore you'd have a hole in your heart. Well, I'm happy to report I have no hole in my That's heart. Awesome. Yeah, what happened last you. week when we talked, or two weeks ago? Yeah, well, that was, you know, hey, this is the process. It looks to me like you may have a hole in the heart, but we need to go through these steps in order to find out. So if they did find something, they would have taken a, a, a scope and gone down my throat and gone up through my groin and then put a, what's called a butterfly to close the hole in my heart. Well... I'm here to report there is no hole in my heart. I don't have to take another procedure no like that. No butterflies. No butterflies besides me going in there and them sticking me with needles and so Ugh. forth. But that being said, I, I, I it's fresh on my mind. Uh, I wrote a story in Rebound Radio a few issues back all about Ken Gardner and, and this, this heart transplant that, he, that keeps him alive now today. So I just felt like the timing was good. Uh, Ken is a fantastic dude. You know, he's just such a nice, outgoing a genuine person so uh, I can't think of anybody better than have Ken on the sh uh, show talk about the new heart he got and it's a pretty sweet backstory so I, I look forward for him calling him in yeah and it's uh, Matt misspoke a little bit Rebound Magazine is what he was referring to which uh, he started six years ago it's a publication that he puts out quarterly that focuses on and highlights spotlights former athletes and, and what they have done after mm -hmm. uh, their shoes have been hung up or whatever cliche you want to enter there it's it's a, I mean it's great it's very professional uh, it gets sent out to any and everybody that used to play in the NBA that wants it mm -hmm. WNBA uh, too Harlem yep. uh, Globetrotters, Globetrotters right? yep ABA players so pre NBA so the members of the NBRPA yeah so that's uh and this is just one of the stories that he writes about he writes his own content and he does Q and A's and everything everything like that and if you ever want to sponsor or do anything advertise it's a great product that's only growing a snowball rolling down a hill at this point. Matt Fish at reboundmagazine.com. Uh, you can definitely reach out to him. He's very good at returning emails, and he will get you where you need to go in regards to advertising if you want to advertise for his publication. Yeah, so uh, in yep. a couple of minutes, we will be having Ken Garner. What's going on with... Um, with anything else, well, before you say that, so heart screenings has been a big deal yeah. also that Matt has been talking about over the past six months or so with the NBRPA. In different cities, they have these heart screening tests. Mm -hmm. There was one in Vegas when we were there for the NBA Legends That's Conference. Right. That's right. You just went, there was just one in Phoenix, correct? Yeah, they just had one in Phoenix two weeks ago, and they are funding it, finding the places to go just from city to city, making sure that they serve the athletes in the area. We had about 10 show up. We had Bob Lanier. We had Alvin Adams, we had Tom Chambers, we had Tim Kempton, you know, we had um, uh, Bob Martin, and I played ball with Bob Martin for the Clippers. He lives in town here, too. He's a seven-footer. He was really excited to find out what the baseline of his heart is, and that's what they do. So a lot of these guys who've been dropping off at a young age, and they're my size, 6'11 or so, uh, they're trying to figure out why. So they have to go out and get a baseline of their heart 
So they take you through a barrage of tests. They take care of it. It's funded by them. They feed you. They do it uh, on a Sunday morning. They did ours on a Sunday morning and, and actually gave us tickets to go to the game afterwards. And that was in partnership with the Phoenix Suns. So it really made a nice day of it. That being said, now everyone who showed up and took advantage of this has a baseline of their heart. So they know in the future, if something goes wrong, well, this is what it was like at this time. And so if, if, if you don't have a heart issue, then you don't have a baseline. So like, look, we need to gather some information. We need to figure this out because we had the Daryl Dawkins. You know, we had the Moses Malones. You know, and it's a shame that we had to lose these people in order to really pursue to find this data out. So that being said, they did find something with me and they found something with someone else whom I saw yesterday at the doctor and I didn't even know that and I'm hoping that uh, everything's going fine with, with him I, I probably shouldn't drop names since there's a thing called HIPAA yeah. and FERPA yeah. so I'm not going to do that but it's saving lives Yeah. so you wouldn't have gone to the doctor for a follow up if you hadn't gone to the heart screening I would not have done anything like that I wouldn't have thought anything like that right. and they found with me a kind of a floppy septum they called it which is the center part of your heart and it was I guess not like a straight line but it was more of an S and they said sometimes that correlates with a hole in the heart and then you know okay so then where do we go from here and really it was more preventative and I do know I have the answer now that I don't have this issue, that I'm perfectly normal, that the floppy septum is just, hey, man, it's just normal. I'm like, okay, then why we got to give it such a bad name? <laughs> <laughs> so sounds dangerous. It just sounds dangerous. But, you know, so again, I know they found some people in Atlanta. And I think every place they go, they've, they've found, you know, hey, man, we need to take another look at this or a closer look. Uh, that being said, I emailed Michelle Roberts from the NBPA. Uh, she's the CEO, top person of the Players Association, thanked her for saving my life, you know, and uh, let her know that this money that is being funded for this heart screening is very very solid it's well received it's definitely needed and will continue yeah and this is uh something that the uh, man that is now on hold uh can attest to with you know just heart awareness mm -hmm. um to put it very lightly uh, acknowledging that there may be an issue in going and seeking treatment or opinions from doctors and um, it'll, it'll save your life. So without further ado, we will bring on Mr. Ken Gardner, uh, former Utah Ute, um, former, uh, I think he's sixth, still sixth on the list, uh, most points scored uh, in a French league over there. Mm -hmm. um, that uh, record is, is held the test of time. Mm -hmm. Ken, thanks for joining us today on Rebound Radio. Thank you. Thanks a lot for having me. So we have so much stuff to talk about. This is Alex Clancy speaking. You know Matthew Edward Fish that I'm uh, looking uh, across the, uh, the table here from. And um, I read your story. Uh, I want you to tell everybody what's going on, and, and, and I'll allow Matt to ask any sort of invasive questions that he wants to ask. <laughs> Um, just <laughs> welcome. Uh, thank you for taking the time. And uh, this story of yours is... Not a run-of-the-mill one, so I think that we should start uh, from the beginning. So my first question is, when did you realize that you loved the game of basketball enough to continue to play it you know, through your 20s and 30s and, and make a career out of it? Well, I appreciate what you guys are talking about. I heard just a little bit as I was on hold about some of the situations and the problems that we face not only as basketball players, but as everyday people. 
with all the things that are out there that affect our health, that affect our families, that affect our uh, lives. And it certainly happened to me. Uh, I am a local homegrown kid from uh, Clearfield, Utah, near Salt Lake City. I grew up here 50, 60 years ago. Uh, I, I, after high school, I went to the University of Utah for my education and to play basketball for the Utes. Mm-hmm. And after college, as we, uh, I played with a, a, a few great players. I played with a, Mike Newland, was an All-American at Utah, a 13-year NBA veteran. Uh, he played eight years with the Houston Rockets. He played with the Knicks. He played with the Nets. And uh, Mike was a tremendous player, and it was an honor to play with Mike for the four years I was at Utah. After our college career, I was drafted by the Phoenix Suns. I think you guys are in Phoenix probably, and I've always loved the Suns. But they cut me, the little brats, (laughs) and so... I went to, to France. I had an opportunity to travel around the world, went to South America and went to all over Europe for about four months, and I signed with a French team. And uh, I had a great experience in France. We were champions of France my first two years over there. We played in the European Cup. Uh, this doesn't mean much to uh, a lot of the Americans, but we played against some great teams in Europe like uh, Maccabee Tel Aviv yeah. from Israel mm-hmm. and like uh, Real Madrid from Spain is a great club. Yep. Uh, we played against Palafinenkos from Greece. Yep. And anyway, I had some great experiences playing over there, over there. After three years in France, I came home and had a tryout and made the team with the old Utah Stars of the ABA. And that was in 1975, and I was fortunate to play with Moses Malone, R.I.P., Moses Malone. I hear you. Uh, He was a 19-year-old kid, his second year out of high school, and it was a thrill to play with Moses. Uh, Ron Boone was still on the team. Mm -hmm. Anyway, my big break in the pros turned out to be the year they folded. So nice timing, Gardner. Yeah. <laughs> the stars fold in 1975, and then the whole ABA disbanded. And it was at that point they absorbed into the NBA the San Antonio Spurs, the Indiana Pacers, the Denver Nuggets, and the New Jersey Nets. So on December 1, the owner came into the locker room and said, fellas, I can't pay you. We're going bankrupt. And that was in December. So I had to sit out the rest of that year before I could return to Europe. And at that point, that cut the jobs in half because the ABA went away. But my big thrill, those few months I had with the Utah Stars, Mm -hmm. I got to guard Dr. J for nine minutes in New Jersey. (laughs) <laughs> well, so he was my idol and it was a thrill to play against Dr. J. I'm 
proud to say I've been dunked on by Dr. Jeff. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. I, you, you did some skipping, though. I mean, you had a heck of a career there at, at Utah. Um, I know that uh, you, you had some nice um, honors there. I, I was reading here, he got MVP of the 1970 Utah Classic after he had 25 points and 20 rebounds uh, and a win over Washington in the championship game. So, you know, and then you went on, and I see here that you averaged almost 23 points per game, over 6,000 career points that still ranks in the top 100 all-time scores in the French League. So to go over there and to win back-to-back championships right out of the shoots, you know, and, and to be held in high regards to those around you, had to have been a thrill as well, and 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 I just got to say it's tough going overseas and playing ball because you don't know what to expect. But you not only went over but excelled. Congratulations! Well, thanks a lot, and you're exactly right. I've heard horror stories from a bunch of Americans that have gone to Europe and South America and China and everywhere uh, to play overseas, and sometimes they come home early. The team goes bankrupt. They don't get paid. So you hear a lot of those stories. I think things are getting a lot better. Uh, And uh, guys, they're a little more secure, and they're paying really good money now for a lot of guys that want that opportunity to continue playing through their 20s and into their 30s who aren't quite, for whatever reason, aren't quite good enough to make it at home here in the NBA. So I had a tremendous experience. We played in the European Cup. Uh, We went to the final four of the European Cup. My second year, we were the first French team ever to make it to the final four. So it was rewarding and had a lot of great experience. But to come around full circle, maybe I ate too much rich French food, and that's what gave me my heart problem. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we do have to take a break. Um, Mr. Gardner, thanks for joining us. We will uh, talk to you more on the other side of the break. I want to hear about Escargot and the like. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Who do you feel the most important person is on a sports team? Is it the captain, the star player, or the fan? While it could truly be any of these individuals, more often than not, it's the coach. Listen for A Coach's Spirit with hosts Blake Rockwell and Kendall Allen. A Coach's Spirit offers a look into the human side of coaching and a chance to learn from some of the most impactful leaders in the game. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. 
Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. Now, back to the show. Uh, welcome back. I'm sorry we had to cut Ken off. Ken, I want to hear about your Delta Miles, too. I don't know. I'm sitting in the studio with him, with Matt. This is very rude. You guys are talking like I'm not here. Um, so we were talking about uh, your time in France. Ken Gardner, uh, former French League superstar, in our eyes, um, uh, played a long time ago played average he had 25 and 20 in a game there's a lot of a lot of things that we have not talked about yet which we will um, heart issues and things of the like we will talk about that uh, later on in the interview um, okay you were talking about rich French food and I got hungry so I want to ask you what what your favorite like what your go-to was okay it's 12 o'clock it's you have a day off what is the thing that you craved most when you were there? And say it in English because I don't speak French. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you that uh, I have a craving for my favorite dish, which I have a hard time finding here in Salt Lake City or in Phoenix. It's called escalope la creme. And what it is is a veal cutlet in a white cream sauce with mushrooms and uh, those French fries. And, oh, man, I love that dish. And I would have that. That would be my go-to dish when I was in France. But mm. uh, the French are the kings of cuisine. I mean, it, cert- it really is an art, and the French do it well. There'll be people that will tell you that, you know, the Italian food is the best and Chinese food is the best and Mexican food and whatever, but they really do it right, and I certainly participated and I indulged. And maybe that's what led to my <laughs> high cholesterol and blockages in my arteries. Who knows? Yeah. And and the meal uh, the meals last like three or four hours over there, right? Like it's yeah, not like do. a and the, go ahead. Yeah, and the big the big meal usually is lunch, uh-huh. and they have a smaller, lighter meal at dinner time. But what I you, you're exactly right. The it's such a tradition. The whole family comes every night for dinner. They talk about their day. They talk about what happened at school, what happened at the job. And it's really so much different than it is here in America where we're in such a hurry to go do whatever. Mm -hmm. I remember my first year, the other American and I, we were finished with our meal uh, at about, we we ate a team dinner and we were finished in about 20 minutes and we look around and everybody is still chatting and talking and eating and waiting for the next course and we're thinking we're finished so it was a little adjustment you had to get used to it but i really got to enjoy that it was more about family and friends and it really is a tradition but i've seen everything i've they eat you know those 
uh, seafood dishes with live clams and live scallops and and seafood that mm. you know they're still moving and the shells are moving when they bring out that platter of seafood but uh no, it, it was a little adjustment, but I really enjoy it, and I just love the French food. Well, I had just a cup of coffee over in France. I went to Gravelines and replaced somebody for about five weeks that was injured. I was playing CBA wow. ball, but it was kind of into the season, and they're like, hey, can you come over here? So, yeah. you know, Gravelines was, was kind of rainy, and it was kind of nasty weather, if I remembered right. And everyone was like, yeah, because you need to play in the south of France. So I was like, well, I guess I missed the well, boat on I that. I know exactly what you mean. Graveline <laughs> is up north, yeah. right on the English Channel, near Boulogne and Calais, where you take the ferry across to England. And it's funny because probably 25 miles south of Graveline, 30 maybe, I played for the team of Berk, right on the English Channel. What? Same climate, rains all mm-hmm. the time. But, yeah, so I know what you mean. I have my former coach. Jean Gall, he uh, spent time in Graveline as a coach and as a general manager and so on. So that that does my heart good to hear that you played at Graveline. Yeah, it. Uh, I enjoyed my stay over there, and you know, although short, I found what you said to be true. The food was fantastic, and and they really it was more of an event. It was a, it was an opportunity yeah. to have families get together, like you had mentioned earlier. And I really felt yeah. like you know we're missing out on something over here in America by not doing that. Uh, while I was over there, I remembered that they had these signs around the outside of the basketball courts that were made of metal, and they would rotate because yeah. they were on triangles, right? So it was a triangle. Would, on one side of the triangle would be one advertisement, and as it rotated, there'd be another advertisement, and as it rotated yeah. again, there'd be another advertisement. Okay, so here's my story. <laughs> I get, I get beefed. Out of, out of bounds, and I hit the ground, and I slide across because my rear end's wet because I'm sweating. So I slide about 20 yeah. feet, and I run into one of those signs, and I'm mad. And I turn at that sign, and I go to punch the sign, and the darn yeah. thing rotated, and they had to put stitches on my knuckles. <laughs> Oh my gosh, right when the, <laughs> yeah. the, the edge of the thing yes. the edge, maybe. <laughs> yes. And that was my young, no, fiery and self. they get rabid. Those people, they stand the whole game yeah. at the ends of uh, both ends of the court and they chant and yeah i'm glad i didn't know french and, yeah, no, <laughs> i didn't want to know what they said to me <laughs> now ken i have a question for you being the uh younger statesman in here um i've uh when i first started watching the nba the influx of european players was at an all-time high and it's and it's snowballing uh since then do you take a little pride now seeing all of the european players in the nba when you were there before the influx happened like you were part of the foundation for these European leagues before it became for lack of a ridiculous phrase Americanized and everybody moved over to to the NBA do, do you take a little no, merit exactly in that right I do I do uh, uh, I really take note and I watch the euros that come and from South America and all over the world really now in the NBA um, but you're right it was just a few years before the very first French guy I know named Hervé Dubisson. He's the leading scorer in French history. And he was the first French guy to come over, and he had a tryout with the Nets, and it was during the time of Drazen Petrovic. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, really played well. I've seen film clips of his tryout and stuff, but he didn't quite stick. 
So he came back and uh, continued to be the legend that he was. But you've got some great players like Arvidas Sabonis yeah. from Russia, who had a big career over here, and now his son's doing well. And yeah. Sabonis came over, and then this was this was before, of course, the Tony Parker and the Ginobili and uh, so many of the great players that have that come over nowadays. And I've always wondered. What is it about the Europeans and how they come over and they can stick with NBA teams, whereas you've got thousands of good American players mm -hmm. that, I, I don't know, I'm just very competitive and I just always would be um, not insulted, but I would take it as a personal challenge. I'm not going to let some Euro take my job, but yeah. I think those guys, they grow up and they stick with it, and of course... It, I think it's like my uh, teammate Mike Newland, who's a great NBA star. He has a he has a saying: "It's time, not talent. It's time, not talent." What that means is work, 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 work. And I think those guys they they grow up and they uh, emulate and they idolize players and they just keep working. I don't know if. We just have so many distractions over here now with yeah. the internet and with a lot of things that the kids do. They're worrying about their their graduating and their degree and their job and everything else. Yeah. But yeah, those those there are really some great players that come. And, well, uh, you know, I can give you my two cents. This is kind of what I feel. I feel that the NBA wanted to go global. And they wanted to globalize. Yeah. And so if you have one player from that country, that entire country is going to follow that player, and it means money to the yeah. NBA. That's part of it. And the other part yeah. is, is people like you. You went over there and showed what it took to be a player at the level that you played. And I don't know if you helped them shoot. I don't know if you helped them, you know, but I know this much. You were a model. You are someone who these well, other French folks yeah, are taking a hard look at. I can tell you that I've coached a number of junior teams and young kids, and we would get such a following. And I, I kind of felt like it was my responsibility. We're ambassadors for the game, mm -hmm. and to try to share our talent. It's a little bit like soccer, and you bring over Pele and Beckenbauer and some of the great stars here to to America to really boost and boy up the soccer game and I think it's paid off and the things are really clicking now but it was a little bit that when we would go over to Europe and we would put on clinics and uh, in fact I'm going back in July to a clinic for a friend of mine uh, he's putting on a basketball clinic he begged me to get Rudy Gobert and Boris Diaw's jersey hmm. from the Jazz who were you know, deep into the playoffs right now. In fact, yeah. tomorrow night they play against the Clippers and try to close out in the first round. And so I got those guys to autograph a jersey, and I'm going to take it over, and he's going to give that to the MVP boy and the MVP girl of his basketball camp. And those kids are thrilled. They would just be thrilled to have something like that because – I stay in touch with a lot of them. It has a little bit to do with my heart situation, my heart transplant. I have people that send me notes on Facebook and everything now, and they they talk about the days of 45 years ago when we were French champions. And I tell you, there's a lot of people that follow, and they still have those memories when they were young. 
And uh, so I've been lucky enough to uh, talk to Tony Parker, who now owns a team in Lyon, Villarban. He's the owner of the team. And I've talked to Gobert, and I've talked to Diaw, and a few of the French guys. So we're going to do some events eventually uh, in France and try to promote basketball and continue things on. And, of course, the other thing we're doing is promoting My Hearts Foundation. Sure to raise donor awareness and so on. And anyway, that's the other part of the story we'll talk about. But no, I just had a tremendous experience and I try to go back, uh, you know, once or twice a year. Well, let's, you know, let's go ahead and and switch those gears. Uh, Tell me and everybody else what the name Nick Longshore means to you. Um, wow. Well, Sorry, it just hit me. <clears throat> anyway, this story, uh, my heart failure and my heart disease came out of nowhere. Had no idea that I had blockage in my arteries. Uh, I, after college and after playing in Europe and came home and working at Delta Airlines for 25 years, Never had any indication, never had any sign of anything wrong. I would have my physicals and checkups, and I stayed active, you know, playing rec league basketball and tournaments and rec league softball and very active like I've been all my life. Uh, But anyway, basically the story, I'll quickly go through it. I retired after 9-11. In 2002, I retired from Delta uh, that was uh, 15 years ago. Two years later, I had a heart attack. Mm. They did a five-bypass surgery on me. Mm. In fact, the great coach at Utah, Rick Majerus, mm-hmm. rest his soul, he had a seven-bypass surgery. He, had, he suffered from heart problems, and uh, the same heart failure team that took care of Coach Majerus mm. took care of me. Uh, Dr. Jones, who did my five-bypass bi- surgery, he did Majerus's seven-bypass surgery. But anyway, they did the five-bypass surgery, and I got along great for seven, eight years. Uh, you know, under their care and supervision with certain medications for blood pressure and cholesterol and so on, mm-hmm. uh, I was active. I would golf. I would uh, continue to uh, have the same amount of energy as before. And then about four and a half years ago, I went into my heart doctor, and I wasn't feeling well, and he looked at me and said, you're done, your heart is shot, you need a new heart. And not knowing much about organ transplantation at all, uh, I quickly found out, and Uh, I had been lethargic, lack of energy. Uh, I'm saying this because a lot of former players, uh, Moses Malone and a lot of people that uh, we all know that were former great players in the NBA. Daryl Dawkins. uh, Tiki Burton is another one. Tiki Burton. There have been some guys that are now have died. And what I'm saying is you have to listen to your body, listen to the signs, get regular checkups, which I had not been doing really. But anyway, so I found out quick about organ transplant, specifically heart transplant. 
And so they put me on the heart transplant waiting list for 10 months. And sure enough, at the end of 10 months on the list, I get the phone call that says, come in, we have a potential heart for you right now. We're testing that heart and other organs of a potential donor. And you said this so was seven months? of course they don't months? tell you who it is. It's, a, it's very uh, respectful. It's a certain process to go through. And so you don't know where it's coming from, who it is. Uh, and so I quickly get into the hospital. I live about 12 minutes away. And I find out that at 10 o'clock at night, my doctor comes in and says, okay, we've done the testing of the organs and we know that your heart will be here around 2 a.m. Mm. So they prep me and get me ready. And at 2 a.m., I'm split open and I'm waiting. And in comes the heart. They life flighted in. I didn't know any of this, of course. I was out for the 12-hour surgery. But anyway, uh, last November was my three-year anniversary so three years ago, I had the heart transplant. Six months after, I met the 23-year-old widow of my donor. Hmm. And I found out all this information, uh, found out that he died in an ATV accident in Idaho, gave his organs to six people, Mm. He's a hero. He saved six people's lives. Wow. And I received this healthy, strong heart. And it happened to be on Mother's Day. It was six It was six months after he died, after I received the heart. And it happened to be Mother's Day when we meet. So when he died, I find out three uh, six months before, his widow, Caroline Longshore, was pregnant. So. Wow, that's a lot. I mean, Ken, that's. When we I, meet, <clears throat> like I said, it was on Mother's Day. When we meet with a lot of family around and friends, they come up and put a four-week-old baby girl in my arms. Never saw her father. She was born after he died, <clears throat> and I'm holding little baby Hannah close to me, listening to her dad's heart beating in my chest. Mm. <clears throat> so, we said, what can we do to give back? So I created this Hearts Foundation, and we're going to raise donor awareness, and we're going to raise scholarship funds for little baby Hannah, 18 years from now when she goes to college, what can I do to give back, right? Sure. And you have two, so, you have two daughters of your own, is, don't you, Ken? Yeah. The, the, the punchline is, here I am, old guy, former University of Utah basketball, and my donor, it turns out, Nick Longshore, is a 32-year-old former BYU football player. Rival. So that's like an Arizona State Sun Devil giving his heart to an Arizona Wildcat or UCLA Bruin giving his heart to a USC Trojan, something like that. Sure. 
in the state of Utah, half the state roots for Utah and half the state roots for BYU. Yeah, so <laughs> the whole thing was just unbelievable, and it was amazing. And, of course, all my Utah buddies, they say, no, man, that can't be right. Those BYU guys don't have yeah, a don't heart. don't have a heart. <laughs> or they can say you took his heart, <laughs> you know, or so, something. <laughs> so I tell them, hey, go easy on the Cougars, man. Sure. I really like BYU all of a sudden. All of a sudden. Well, that's... Saved my life, yeah. That's completely riveting and deep. And I know that you have two daughters yourself, I believe Bailey and Taylor, correct? And Very good. Uh, yeah, you've done your homework. Yeah, absolutely. They're... 24 and 22 years old, and I was lucky enough last August to go to Greece to go to Beatty's wedding and walk her down the aisle at literally the Greek wedding. It was unbelievable on one of these uh, small Greek islands, and she married a Greek boy who was born and raised on that island. And just 20 days ago, they just had a baby girl, Uh. Penelope. And I never would have been able to do those things without this life-saving heart transplant. So I'm just a very lucky boy. You are. You are. And it's great that you're giving back. I know that you've uh, started a 501c3 foundation uh, called Ken Gardner Heart for Hearts. And the four part is the actual number four. Um, it, it hits me a little close right now because we just had our heart screening here in Phoenix through the Players Association, yeah. and they found, uh, they thought they found a hole in my heart. I went to a process uh, procedure yesterday where they did the bubble wow. test. I was excited to learn that I do not have a hole in my heart, and I will live wow. a long time. So I um, was very, very. Uh, it's 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 really hitting me too. And then to hear your yep. story again today, because, you know, I, I, I was aware of it, but just to hear you tell it, it's riveting. And well, it's, it's, it's moving. Man, I hope the best for you. I mean, I don't know if they detected any irregular heartbeat or if they detected a little bit of a heart murmur. Uh, I know it happens, but a lot of times we're all walking around with either a possible hole in our heart we, we got when we were kids and mm-hmm. we grew out of it and grew through it, or we've got family history of high blood pressure or cholesterol we've got we've all got some blockage in our arteries and our veins but the regular checkups are important so i'm glad you got in and saw that and they've done the testing so i wish you the very best but one thing i'm really uh, pleased with on our hearts foundation we have nba legend rick barry Mm. is on our board of directors and so Rick's been cooperative, and uh, we're just now up and running and going to be doing some events. I've talked to the Phoenix Suns. I've talked, of course, to the University of Utah and to BYU and the Huntsman Institute up here in Utah and the, the Eccles and the Zions. But I've even talked to the LDS Church, and I've gotten a lot of great support. But to talk to some of those French guys, uh, after my two years up north in France, when we were champions of France, I was lucky enough to go down and play in Nice for three years. So we're going to do an event in Nice. We're going to do an event, uh, hopefully, in the center of France near Lyon, where Tony Parker owns that team. But they really need donor awareness. They really need to get up to speed because the reason they're intrigued with this story, there's a, there's a six-minute video on ksl.com, and you just can Google my name with heart transplant story, but 
the reason they're intrigued over there, in France, it is a law. The donor family cannot meet the recipient family. Mm. It's just a law. Mm. So they look at this video and they say, wait, what? You met the widow of your donor? So they're very intrigued, and I've got a lot of great cooperation and uh, participation with some of my old French teammates and coaches and so on. So anyway, I've found my cause. It's to <laughs> spread donor awareness mm-hmm. and, and to try to promote uh, heart health. And I know that a lot of NBA guys in our retired group, uh, a lot of guys have come up with problems now that we're getting into our 60s and 70s and so on. And and I hear case after case of people that we just float along, we think everything's okay and life goes on and we don't always take care of ourselves because we're getting older, let's face it. And things that you maybe were strong enough to resist and, and grow through and live through well, they're starting to catch up to us a little bit. And so that's my cause is to promote that heart health and then, of course, to promote uh, organ donation. Well, the heart is an amazing you know, organ itself. And just to sit there and, and take a look at it uh, yesterday, just yesterday, you know, under the gun, seeing mm-hmm. it on the uh, TV or, you know, they, they've got yeah. it on the monitor there. And it's just it's just an amazing uh, function. And, 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 you know, Absolutely. That's just, so I just I'm glad to hear that mine is, is really I don't have a lot of buildup. I'm in pretty decent shape. You know, I do take some Thank cholesterol uh, yeah. stuff and that was genetics. So I'm well aware of yeah. it. I take a Simvastat. I, I take a, um, oh, uh, the other one is a phenofibrate, you know, so yeah. I, I know I'm aware. And, and if I wasn't, you know, I just only go down and spiral into, you know, something that I, I didn't want to deal with, something that maybe you dealt yeah. with. So, you know, I, I wow, just. Wow, good uh, for you. Yeah. Good for you. Thank, Thank you. Goodness, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, so I, I, and that's a lot of it is the awareness. I yeah. mean, for uh, Pete Maravich, NBA legend, I mean, he. He uh, keeled over of a heart attack, and, and I think he had one of his chambers that wasn't functioning, or uh, and this was a thing that he, he really didn't even know about from birth. And the first thing when you go in for a checkup, they ask you is family history. Mm-hmm. So I know genetics are very important, and then they look at lifestyle, and they look at, you know, your weight, if you're overweight, but they look, they they check everything. It's really amazing what they do. They're just, they're so professional, and thank goodness I found mine in time. I'm actually very lucky. They have a measurement of the pumping strength and the strength of the heart as it pumps, and the normal human is between 55 and 65 on this formula they've come up with. Okay. And if you get down to between 10 and 20%, then you're a transplant candidate. So when I went in very sick, my reading was between 7 and 10%. Mm. Really, really weak. And some uh, nurses and a couple of doctors, they said, we've never seen too many people with between 7 and 10% measurement on this scale that are still here to talk about it. So I'm very lucky. I'm very blessed. Every checkup since uh, I have routine checkups, I take 34 pills a day, some of them anti-rejection pills, of course, uh, and I'll take those the rest of my life. But, hey, you know what? It's worth it. (laughs) I'm alive, and I've got a healthy, strong heart. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And that's thanks to Nick Longshore. Mm, I always yeah, Nick Longshore. try to give credit to Nick. He was the BYU football player, and he was a strong, healthy kid. So I'm Well, just very you know, happy. as president of the Phoenix chapter, the nonprofit down here, I just want you to know that you have my utter support, and if you want to do anything out here, we will get behind you 100%. Just let me know. And I'm here, and we're here, and we're a small fraternity, and we all look out for one another, and I've always been a big Ken Gardner fan. Well, I appreciate you saying that, and you can count on it because uh, Carly's down there, and she lives in Gilbert, right? (laughs) She's neighbors with you, and and I plan on being down there a lot, so I appreciate that, Matt. Uh, The voice you hear is Ken Gardner. Wow, that was great stuff. Sorry if I caught you. If we caught you off guard with the uh, switching of the topics into um, into the heart transplant and everything you had to go to. I apologize for that, but uh, really do appreciate all the information. How uh, candid you've been with us, and uh, thanks for joining Rebound Radio. Really appreciate it. No, I appreciate that. No, not a problem. I think you guys did it perfectly, and uh, I probably didn't do very well on my end. <laughs> I really no. appreciate the exposure and the and bringing awareness to what's going on. But, man, you guys are doing a great job. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm going to reach out and email you, and I know you say you come down to Arizona now and again, so I just need to go and, and we can hang out a bit, a bit and just face-to-face it, and I'm going to need that. I'm going to buy you a heart-healthy lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> All right, thanks again, Ken. I, I really know, appreciate we'll it. I have escargot or some of those rich <laughs> French sauces, but, you know. <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us on Rebound Radio. It's, it's great to hear it, and, and we're behind you 100%. And, and don't forget, Ken Gardner, Heart for Hearts, his 501c3 foundation he started, and uh, it's all for a great cause. So thanks for joining us, Ken. Yeah, thanks for that plug. It is, by the way, www.heartsforhearts.org. And the number so, four, right? Yeah, we're okay. up and running, and uh, we're going to try to give back and do what we can. Of so, course. Uh, we've been blessed, and uh, we want to try to give back. We're going to raise scholarship funds for surviving members of donors. Ah. That's basically our cause, and not only for Hannah, who has just turned three, the little girl of Nick Longshore and Caroline, right? but also for other surviving members of people that are donors, including a widow maybe that's never had a uh, opportunity to finish her college education. She is raising a couple of kids. Let's say her husband was a donor. She's got to go out and work two jobs just to survive. So we're going to try to provide financial help and scholarship help for her education as well. So not only just the minor children, but anyway, we're, uh, we're hoping to do some things, and there's definitely a need for it. So I appreciate you guys' efforts very much. Keep up the good fight, and I do have a passport that will work in France. So let's keep that in <laughs> there mind. There you go. <laughs> One of the countries he hasn't been exiled from. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks again, Ken. Really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ken. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yikes. Hmm. Man, I tell you. A lot of information to crush. Uh, he's just. That was great. Yeah. Ken's a fighter. Yeah. He always has been. From what I understand, he's Good a big Lord. guy. Six five, like over 200, and just, I mean, to average 23 points a game, he used that heart, the one he had, and it's, it's wear or tear. And like you said, maybe it was eating poorly or, you know, a variety of different things, but uh, 
then to go through what he went through and the way it all happened, it's just... Now, why, <laughs> why would you not be able to meet a donor? Like, I don't understand how that, why that's a law. When I guess it makes it cleaner, it's like, well, you know, you donated it, it's anonymous, and there you go. You know, I wonder if it's the same idea as, as maybe giving up a, a, a child and maybe, you know, you can't circle With back. the adoption? You know, I, I mean, a heart is, is such a... But it's so personal. I mean, obviously, a child <laughs> giving up a ju- child for adoption is personal, too, but it's like... Why wouldn't you be able to? I don't know. I mean, what if they weren't able to meet? He wouldn't have. He wouldn't have started this specific foundation with one uh, thing in mind. He might have started something differently. But if you have zero ties to it, to the actual donor and the donor's family, how about the coming together of sports and have your rival? It just. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. No, that's. I'm floored. That was good. Ken Gardner. Wow, we're getting <laughs> good interviews, man. Ken's, Thank you. Ken's solid. I mean, and and we've had people on here, but there's no one more solid than old Ken. And you hear him out, continue to make a difference. And he's so caring. You know, you, you can just tell. I've seen some pictures of, of where he's got his daughters around, you know, him. And, and just he's just a family man all the way through and through. And uh, just, you know, I'm just, like I said, happy to have him share his story. Yeah, and it's pertinent with you personally. Mm, yeah, it's pertinent. I mean, I'm... Like my parents are getting older and they're starting to, you know, be taking blood pressure medication. Mm-hmm. I have, I have a history of high blood pressure and heart uh, disease in my family. Mm-hmm. My great grandfather, my grandfather, my dad is AFib. Like I have mm-hmm. things that I mean, this is you definitely eye opening for me as well. Luckily, I'm a few years younger, so I can uh, hopefully. And I never played professional ball, so. Well, um, you can prepare now though, and make sure you can live a long life too. And if you're aware of it, uh, that there are those issues in your family, then you know you're at higher risk. So you have to take, you know. Weed. Take heed, man. Take heed. I love McDonald's, though. Yeah, well, stop it. I don't. I don't love McDonald's. That was a poor example. Stop it. That was a poor example. I love pasta, though, which isn't necessarily good. I don't know what I do in France. I mean, I would eat. Oh, my God. So we got a couple minutes left. Um, real quick, who do you think is going to make the finals, Matt? Oh. Why well, didn't Boston move it on? Aren't they? Didn't they're up 3-2. They? Yeah. Okay. So they're not, they're not three yet. Well, uh, you think you want to pick the Raptors again? <laughs> I can only do it once, a couple uh, more times. For those of you who don't remember, Matt picked the Raptors <laughs> no. to get out of the Eastern Conference last year. Pick NBA Finals. NBA you can Finals? pick Chalk if you want, because I'm going to. The Cavs? And? Are you going to do last year's again? Yeah. You have uh, to. All right, have Golden to. State Warriors. Yeah, this is, this is what everybody wants. Now, San Antonio is up 3-2. They're playing Memphis in mm-hmm. Memphis tonight. This will be... It, this is a game that Gray Popovich doesn't lose traditionally. Uh, they have less talent than they normally do. Uh, you know, Parker and Ginobili are old. Like, yeah. old, there's no er anymore. It's just old. old. <laughs> uh, they are geriatric. It's so, well, Tony Parker is only 34, but um, this is going to be the true test to see what LaMarcus Aldridge can do when the lights are bright because he hasn't done jack this series. And uh, Kawhi Leonard is, in my opinion, the MVP, but. Uh, he'll never get the recognition he deserves on the offensive side of the ball. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio, Rebound Radio, next week, same time. Hopefully a little bit more uplifting, but that was very important. It, it was an uplifting story in the end. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in to Rebound Radio. Please join Matt Fish next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll profile another legend of basketball. Have a great week.